Hi, this is Tom Compton of We Hold These Truths. You're listening to the Unheralded News and Review and Pharisee Watch, brought to you by We Hold These Truths at whtt.org on the web. Each week we look into the events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events. Ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's podcast for Unheralded News and Pharisee Watch, we're going to visit the events in Gaza, the so-called war. Chuck Carlson has written a piece evaluating U.S. reaction and performance towards the Gaza assault. And I'm going to have Leslie read that for us. And I want to include a very excellent piece by the Jewish Voice for Peace about the seven top things you should know about Gaza. And that gives a very good background to the events there and so forth. But Leslie, why don't you first start with Chuck's article. Evaluating U.S. reaction and performance toward the Gaza assault. President Obama earns his bones in Gaza. November 23, 2012, Charles E. Carlson. President Obama's response to the assaults on Gaza was predictable. The U.S. banking military industrial complex, the war makers, signaled their unrestricted support for Obama in the months and weeks before the November 6th election. The Federal Reserve Bank announced three stages of massive, unprecedented spending programs, the last being QE3, given to us only two weeks before the election. Chairman Bernanke pledged to print and spend another $40 billion per month for the foreseeable future to buy mortgage equity. This was the biggest ever election gift to an incumbent sufficient to swing the close election. Mr. Obama's Gaza assault response contains two material misstatements that he would hardly have made by accident. He stated repeatedly that Israel was justified because it had a right to defend itself against missiles raining down over its borders. Mr. Obama should know that Gaza is a part of Israel, an internal prison, and there are no such borders. Furthermore, in repeatedly calling Hamas's rockets missiles, he grossly exaggerated Israel's danger and Hamas's weaponry. Guided missiles are something the Philistines do not have and never have had. It is the weapon that Israel fired into defenseless Gazan homes some 1,500 times last week. One missile killed 11 Philistines in one home most of them women and children. A missile is, in the usual military sense of the word, a guided or controlled projectile that normally hits its target unless there is a human error. Rockets, which Hamas has, are projectiles based on pre-1812 technology and are sung about in the U.S. National Anthem. And the rockets regulare bombs bursting in air. Hamas seems to have a few phager-type rockets, but these are not missiles because they are unguided and therefore not designed for long-range bombing. 
Rockets only hit a human target rarely by accident. Mr. Obama shamelessly exaggerated Hamas's capability in order to justify support for Israel's assault. This is exactly what I would expect him to do, else the Zionist-influenced banking fraternity would never have supported him for re-election, and Mr. Romney would be waiting his turn for the White House. It is impossible to understand political events in the U.S. without first recognizing that the U.S. is a war-based economy and has been for a long time. War is an objective, not a necessity. The bankers who backed Obama are hooked on war as a means of distributing an unfathomable volume of newly printed dollars being spewed out of the Fed through the giant banks. This author thinks the banking fraternity in league with world Zionism is seeking ways to widen its war-making to Iran and Asian Islam, having successfully vilified Muslims in the eyes of most Americans. Those Americans who will look at facts must be shown that independent Arab Islam states are the present targets of the war-based economy and have been since 1990. We must conclude President Obama will not enforce the ceasefire fairly and the U.S. media will not report it fairly. Therefore, the victims and the growing number of Americans who understand the problem must bypass the U.S. media. Fortunately, the Internet and thousands of cell phones are not yet Zionist-controlled. The best hope for help is from carefully selected U.S. churches and humanitarian mission organizations, some of which are already listening. All right, thank you. And as we know from this eight-day quote-unquote war, there were over 160 people killed. A very high percentage of that was civilians. Uh, one figure suggested there were about 30% of the victims were actually under the age of 10 years old. There were estimates from 10,000 by the United Nations to 8,000 by Hamas of the number of homes that were destroyed during that time. Now, in Operation Cast Lead, four years ago, there were over 40,000 homes. And of course, that lasted 22 days, but this is still very significant and causing a lot of hardship in Gaza. The next thing I'd like Leslie to read is this piece by the Jewish Voice for Peace. Very few people in the United States understand this, and this is so excellent that a Jewish group particularly has put these facts together. It's very clear when you see what they have to say that we are being deceived here in the United States. Leslie? Seven top things you should know about Gaza. Number one, Gaza is always under siege. Israel controls the airspace, waters, and borders of Gaza, with the exception of Rafah, the border with Egypt. Israel controls the electrical and sewage infrastructure of Gaza, and how much food fuel, and other supplies can arrive and leave, giving it almost total control over the economy. Palestinians in Gaza do not have the freedom to leave at will to visit relatives in the West Bank 
or get adequate health care. 1.7 million Palestinians are crammed into 140 square miles, making it one of the most crowded places on earth. In other words, even on the best of days, when Israel is not bombing Gaza, it is largely responsible for holding 1.7 million people captive in miserable conditions. According to international law, by maintaining effective control of Gaza, Israel still meets the definition of occupying power. This status has been affirmed by the Red Cross, Amnesty International, the UN, and the U.S. State Department, among others. Two, a symmetry of power. This conflict cannot be called a war. This is an assault by one of the most advanced militaries in the world with the full backing and weaponry of the U.S., the sole world superpower. By every measure, including fatalities, fatalities of civilians, injuries, and destruction of infrastructure, the disproportionate impact on Gaza is clear. While there is no excuse for attacks on civilians, whether in Israel or in the U.S., the threat from Gaza to Israel and Israelis is no comparison to the harm being inflicted on Gaza. Three, Collective punishment. Israel claims that this war is against Hamas, but so far, as of November 20th, well over half the fatalities have been to civilians, including large numbers of women and children. The proportion of wounded who are civilian is even higher. Targeting civilians is a war crime and contrary to international law. Four. Who started the fighting? While the predominant narrative in the media tells a story about Israel being forced to defend itself, the truth is that Israel has repeatedly broken truces with Hamas, including in this latest escalation. Until November of this year, one Israeli had been killed by fire from Gaza in 2012, while 78 Palestinians have been killed by Israeli attacks. On November 8th, five days before coverage of this latest round began, a 12-year-old boy in Gaza was killed by Israeli soldiers who drew a response from militants in Gaza. Although three more civilians, including two children, were killed by Israeli fire during the course of several exchanges between November 8th and 11th, Palestinian militant factions agreed to a truce on November 11th. Most disturbingly, after two days of calm, Israel then assassinated Ahmed Jabari, the head of Hamas's military wing, and a relative moderate who, it is claimed by independent Israeli negotiator Gershom Baskin, had just two hours before received a proposal for a long-term truce that had been painstakingly developed by Israelis and Hamas officials. Five, media Distortions. In U.S. publications especially, there are routine referrals to Israeli surgical or pinpoint strikes and to targeted assassinations. These terms imply a precision that does not exist and that have resulted in extensive civilian casualties. 
News reports often refer to the cycle of violence as if both sides had equal power and are equally responsible for the violence. The context of the continuing blockade of Gaza and the enormous disparities in firepower and overall control are not mentioned. Politicians in the U.S. and Israel constantly claim that Israel, quote, has the right to defend itself, unquote, which is dutifully repeated in news reports. If this is true, does Gaza have the right to defend itself from Israeli attack in the same manner? There is a clear double standard at work. Six, U.S. role. Israel could not continue the assault if the Obama administration and Congress did not approve it. In fact, President Obama has said, quote, Israel has every right to expect that it does not have missiles fired into its territory, unquote. The Israeli military is using weaponry procured from Boeing, General Electric, and Elbit USA, to name a few, purchases made possible by U.S. military aid to Israel. In other words, U.S. taxpayers are funding the Israeli attack on Gaza. Seven, no military solution. Israel periodically uses its military might as a deterrent to Palestinians in Gaza, the West Bank, and East Jerusalem to rebel. But an unjust occupation and subjugation of an entire people cannot be maintained by military force alone. The only long-term solution for Palestinians and Israelis is one that offers freedom and dignity for all the people of Palestine and Israel. Okay, thank you for reading that. I think that really sums it up very well. Leslie, you had a couple comments. I wanted to recall the USS Liberty years back. 1967. Yes, that the Israelis shot at, and it barely survived that, and the whole onslaught of the USS Liberty was hushed by President Lyndon Johnson. And every president ever since then, Israel has been given the green light by our presidents, and Obama is no different. Exactly, and in that, the incident with the USS Liberty, which was in international waters, there were 34 American sailors that were killed and over 130, I think it was, that were wounded by repeated attacks by Israeli planes and PT boats. So that while flying the flag of the United States on the ship, which was in plain view, and there's a couple good documentaries on that, so... What I figure is this attack on Gaza, this recent one, was to test Obama, to see his resolve, to see how he'll react in his second term as president. Right. Basically, he's done that, uh, although they're saying that he was able, through uh, Hillary Clinton, to broker a peace, so he's trying to count on that. But it is to be seen what's to be done as far as opening the borders uh, with through the crossing in there in Rafah with Egypt, if there can be free flow of goods coming into Gaza. The record of the Israelis is kind of exemplified by some of the comments. Ariel Sharon, the former prime minister who's still in a coma, his son just recently said that the uh, all the 
Gazans should be mowed. In other words, down, basically killed. And I think they're uh, a minister of the interior said essentially the same thing, that the solution was to get rid of all the, the Arabs there. So there is that element in Israel that is calling for these deaths and dastardly deeds. And of course, there is an opposition. There are people in Israel that are upset about what their government is doing, just as they are here in the United States. There may not be a large percentage that are uh, even understand the issue. Most Israelis are concerned about issues like housing, and we've seen from the un social unrest there and so forth, demonstrations, people even burning themselves because of the policies of the Israeli government. So typically they're not even concerned about the Palestinians because they don't interact with them. And, of course, the government plays on these types of activities and it's interesting, of course, that the elections are coming up in Israel. So this was kind of a coup for Benjamin Netanyahu, that him being tough and not being pushed around by Gaza, although some could argue that he didn't go far enough. What they call the far right-wing side said he stopped too soon, that they should have continued on and, and done more damage to the people of Gaza. And we're paying for it. Our American taxpayers are paying for the, the helicopters and the bullets. Right, exactly, which are, as Chuck pointed out, not that precise. They did kill a family of 11, I think it was, or 12, and uh, I don't know if that was the one, but there was one case they said, oh, they, they were sorry they, they targeted the wrong building, you know, so the Israeli of course, they build themselves as the most moral army in the world, apologize, but the fact is that there are so many, the high percentage of the people that were killed are civilians there. I mean, you've got a very densely populated open-air prison, and people in the United States don't see this from our media. It's a They don't see our government as a war-based economy. Right. Exactly. We're a peace-loving country, and we miss the point. The blood is on our hands, in spite of whether we, we ignore it or not, the blood is on our hands. Well, an interesting, we're paying for it. interesting statistic I just read here that the Muslim population, a survey was done, and 84% of the Muslim population voted for Obama. Only 4% voted for Romney. Well, that would mean that there are 11% who uh, probably voted for independent. So that is higher percent of the Americans that voted in this last presidential election. Only 2%, around 2%, voted for independence. So maybe that means there's more awareness, I would hope, and particularly after Obama's performance in this last attack on Gaza that more Muslims would wake up to the fact that we get the same policies vis-a-vis -vis Israel with Republicans or Democrats, and we know the power of the uh, Israeli Zionist lobby here in the United States on our congressmen and senators who know that if they step out of line, they are not going to get reelected. They'll be targeted 
by this lobby, and it's the best kept secret. And just like Chuck's comment, that which we've said time and time again, that the U.S. is a war-based economy, that's not believed by a lot of Americans. I'd say the majority of Americans believe that somehow we're doing good all over the world rather than causing strife. Yes, Leslie. Well, I, I was just recalling he also said only up until 1990 uh, we were fighting communists. That was what we were fighting against. And then it's been transferred over to to the Muslims. Right, Islam. As the military um, target. So we're always going to be fighting for one reason or another. Right. It was serial wars and the war makers are profiting from it. They have since the Civil War. Exactly. And, of course, George Orwell, in his book, 1984, written in 1948, introduced the concept of choosing sides. So you had Oceania and Eurasia were fighting, forget what the other third party was, you know, and then they changed sides. So you got rotating enemies. Huh. So that's kind of what we have. I mean, you can actually see that from communism now to Islam. Okay, well, that's our report for tonight. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tell a friend about our podcast. And please visit our website, whtt.org. You will find a wealth of information and resources like the latest Pharisee Watch and unheralded news articles. Also, you can order our new video, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Even though this video is copyrighted, we don't mind if you copy it as long as you copy all of it. Then you can educate your friends and acquaintances about the dangers of Christian Zionism. Start small, think big, and press on toward the straight gate.